Rivers Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Thank you, Mr. Joe. It's always a pleasure to listen to you play the piano. I have the pleasure of hearing Joe multiple times per week as he practices. You guys get to hear Joe once a week, but once a week is enough, but not enough at the same time. So thank you, Joe. He, round of applause, please. I just want to go on record really quick because we were discussing this morning that you're going to be playing for another, like, at least 15, 20 years, correct? So was that under contract till he's at least 95, 100 years old? So thank you, Joe. We are in our sermon series. In fact, we can now say we're right in the middle of, of our sermon series. This is a five-week series, and this series is titled Predicting Jesus. Predicting Jesus. We're looking at prophecies that came true that pertain to Jesus and who he is and why it is that the Lord foretold of his coming and what that means for us, for our eternal salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come together this morning having sung songs, worshiping and, and honoring you for your holiness. Now we turn our attention to your written word, Lord. I pray that we can allow these truths to be applied to our lives here. But for the purpose of sharing the good news with others, Lord. I pray that that is our attitude, that is our mantra, that is our main objective here at Villa's Grace Church. Help us encourage each other to do just that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some of us have heard of this idiom before, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think the first time I heard this, it was back in government class in high school, or maybe it was world history, probably world history, not government class. But it's true for government as well now, isn't it? I think so. This actually was coined back in 1857 by a man that went by the name of Lord Anton. He was English in nationality. But basically what it means is this. It means that those in power typically do not have other people's interests in mind. Those in power, in fact, only have their own interests in mind. They use their power to influence and to pursue their own desires. Church, let's face it. It's quite obvious, isn't it? Can we even name one government, whether foreign or domestic, that's not corrupt? Has there ever been a government in the history of the world that hasn't experienced some level of corruption? After all, there is only one true king who is not corrupt, who will one day, as our text tells us this morning, with justice and with righteousness will rule. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning in that one judge, that one king who will one day rule, he goes by the name of, you guessed it, Jesus. Therefore, the title of our sermon this morning is this, Heir to the Throne. Heir 
to the throne. Today we're going to be in Isaiah. We're also going to be in the book of Luke. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7 specifically. Then we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 33. Last week, we must remember, though, that we were encouraged in the virgin birth of Jesus and what that meant for us. Because as his birth was prophesied by Isaiah and was confirmed in the Gospels, because we looked at it in Matthew where it was confirmed, but we also know that we were comforted by the meaning of the name Emmanuel. Remember? Emmanuel means God with us. The Creator left heaven to come be with His creation. If that's not humility, I don't know what is. Today we're going to examine the prophecy surrounding the eternal reign of Jesus Christ as King. So let's get into our text this morning. First, we're going to start with Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Then we'll get into Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 33. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Luke chapter 1 verses 30 through 33. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord of God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Amen. So let's put these six verses into one sentence Let's put these six verses into our main idea this morning. And that main idea states this. The day that Jesus sits on his throne is the first day that he reigns forever or rules forever. The day Jesus sits on his throne is the first day he rules forever. There are seven supposed wonders of the world. As you look at this image here, we'll just go ahead and go through them left to right. You have the Great Wall that's in China, Machu Picchu, which is in Peru, Petra, which is in Jordan, Christ the Redeemer, you can find that in Brazil, the Colosseum, which is in Rome, the Taj Mahal in India, and El Castillo, which is in Mexico. See, I find the definition of the word Wonder, rather interesting. Because as a verb, wonder means to be filled with admiration, amazement, or marvel at something. As an adjective, it's actually not wonder, it's wonderful, but that means to be excellent or great or actually marvelous. Brothers and sisters, let's not forget something, though. See, the seven wonders of the world today will not be the seven wonders of the world tomorrow. The list of what it 
constitutes being a wonder of the world to crack into the top seven. There have been other wonders in the past who have had to take a jump off of that list in order for the new wonder to step in. You get my drift, right? Humanity's always changing. We're always changing that definition of what we find to be a wonder or what we actually find to being wonderful. After all, we wouldn't want to subscribe to this now, would we? Why would we wonder in something man-made when we can wonder in someone wonderful? Who isn't made by man and who will reign over mankind and creation forever? And we're encouraged to do just that in verse 6 from Isaiah 9, 6. First and foremost, the wonder of Jesus is evidenced in his being born of a woman. See, he is both God and man. Jesus wasn't just God. He wasn't just man. He was both man and God, or God and man, which means... Jesus had certain capacities that made his ministry on this earth even more wonderful and even more of a wonder. See, Jesus was tempted to sin as a man, but he never did give in to the temptation to sin. Now, Isaiah says that the government shall be upon his shoulder. Do you notice anything about the word government there? Does anybody just, as you take a casual observation at this verse and you look at the word government, do you notice anything? It's singular. At this point in time, there will be only one government. Therefore, this is a reference to his millennial reign. This is when Jesus returns after the battle of Armageddon and sits on David's throne for a thousand year reign. Now it's also interesting to note the location of said government upon his shoulder. Have you ever heard the expression, a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders? Have you ever said that yourself? Have you ever felt so relieved? You're like, man, a weight just got lifted up off of my shoulders. As this world progressively gets worse, it's going to be a relief to put the problems of this world upon the shoulder of Jesus Christ. All of which why... His name shall be called, as it says, Wonderful Counselor. See, a wonderful counselor is the opposite of the idiom, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Church, our Lord and Savior will one day put all the crooked, all the corrupt power of the world on his shoulder. Which he is qualified to do because, after all, he is no man-made wonder. But rather, as it says, a wonderful counselor. Church, we're desperate. 
We are desperate for his guidance. We are so desperate for his guidance. I mean, look no further than the last 6,000 years of human history. I mean, of all the recorded human history over the last 6,000 years indicates to us that we are heading towards destruction. Things are not improving. This world is not getting any better. Therefore, if mankind were truly wise, this wouldn't be the case. We wouldn't take matters into our own hands. Only a, as it says, mighty God, only a mighty God could shoulder such responsibility, not man. This world started with Jesus and this world will end with Jesus. He is, after all, the Alpha and the Omega. See, he's called Everlasting Father, right? You can only say that about an everlasting father. Only an everlasting father could keep the barbarians at the gates for all of eternity. And speaking of an everlasting father, and as he is the Alpha and Omega, it's interesting for us to note that when Jesus was born of a virgin, he was the exact same age as his father, but yet still older than his mother when he was born. And I'm not talking about his father, Joseph. Jesus is the beginning and the end. And I think sometimes we forget that. Jesus was, Jesus was around during creation. And he will be there through the end. Finally, Jesus is called Prince of Peace. At his first coming, Jesus brought peace between man and God. See, he didn't bring worldly peace. He brought peace between us and God. And at his second coming, Jesus will bring peace through his millennial kingdom. We can't forget what the Bible says. Revelation 19, 11 is very clear that Jesus comes back riding a white horse. And it goes on to tell us what he's going to do when he's upon that white horse. Don't forget what it says. It says, Jesus comes back riding the white horse, making war with men. He will put an end to the sin. Church, this world is desperate for peace. However, true peace will not come until the government shall be upon, as it says, his shoulder. Brothers and sisters, within this worldly chaos, know that Jesus is a wonderful counselor who will guide you whenever you feel weak and whenever you feel frail or whenever you feel afraid. Know that he is mighty enough to carry you through our adversary's dramatization within the political system that we currently see, not only in our own country, but on a worldwide scale. So whenever the news coverage turns more into a soap opera or whenever a war breaks out beyond just a rumor of a war, or whenever the economy becomes increasingly chaotic, know that Jesus is, as it says, the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of personal peace. He is the Prince of domestic peace. And yes, He is the Prince of international peace. And this brings us to our first point this morning. 
Only Jesus, or only the shoulder of Jesus could carry us into eternity. Only the shoulder of Jesus could carry us into eternity. Again, our main idea this morning stated this. The day Jesus sits on his throne is the first day he rules forever. It's been said that an empty throne provokes more trouble than a weak king. Unfortunately for the nation of Israel, they've had weak kings and currently have an empty throne. In fact, if you look at all the kings in the history of Israel, only three were considered good in the eyes of the Lord. Solomon, David, and Josiah. That's it. The rest were evil. The rest did evil in the eyes of the Lord. It's David's heir. It is David's heir. One of the good kings who will one day sit upon the now vacated throne in the millennial kingdom and beyond. See, Jesus is also known as the Lion of Judah. Jesus is the Lion of Judah. And he's also known as the ruler over the entire house of Jacob, who will rid this world of trouble, as it says right here, with justice and with righteousness. Church, this world is desperate for a righteous ruler. We haven't had one yet. And we see this in Luke and actually Isaiah 9-7. See, the future will never be boring. We can say that with confidence. The future will absolutely never be boring according to Isaiah 9-7. There will never be a dull moment. See, we know this because how does verse 7 begin? It begins by saying, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. This is also confirmed in Luke 33, chapter 1. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Just like science claims that the universe is constantly expanding... The kingdom of Jesus, his government, is doing the exact same thing, as well as his peace. Brothers and sisters, this is truly what a life without limits looks like. That's why we know it will never be boring. Of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end. It will constantly expand. So let's face some facts we are currently limited. We may not think that we're limited. We're limited. We think we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave, but yet we sit underneath a limited government. In fact, every government in the world currently is limited. And if they were unlimited, then they would be sitting on David's throne. But only Jesus can sit on David's throne. Now, Jesus will one day sit on that throne, but that would make him, as we've stated already today, the heir to the throne of David. But church, we need to ask ourselves a question. 
It's one thing for us to say that David's throne is rightfully the throne of Jesus because of his peace and his righteousness. We understand that, but we also have a throne in our lives. Who's sitting on your throne? Each and every day, do you make the effort to put Jesus on the throne of your life? Because I will say this, if he's not on the throne over your life, then you're on the throne over your life. And I don't know about you, but most of you have heard me say this multiple times before. I don't trust myself. I don't even trust my mother. I've always been told, only trust your mother. She's not here today. I can say that. If she weren't here today, trust me, that illustration would not get used. Be like going home from church back when I was a kid, man. Do that all over again. We can only trust Christ. Do you put Jesus on the throne of your life every day? Do you make an effort each and every day to put Jesus upon the throne over your life? Quite simply, if he is good enough for God the Father to put him on David's throne, then he should be good enough for us to put upon our throne. Because after all, it is his to begin with now, isn't it? When Jesus sits on the throne of David, his millennial kingdom will begin here on earth. Can you imagine that? A 1,000-year reign that's going to be upheld, as it says, by justice and righteousness? That's what we're really desperate for. That's what we're searching for. Everything that bothers us about the political system of the world is that. There is no justice that's true. There is no true righteousness. That will only come when Jesus sits upon the throne. However, and as we have said, the future is not boring. The future is not going to be dull because his reign is not limited. And right now we sit underneath a limited reign. Therefore, we are limited ourselves. His reign is not. And as it says, it'll be forevermore. Brothers and sisters, think about it. Who in human history has ever reigned over a limitless kingdom? We should keep this in mind. Subjects in a limited kingdom lead limited lives. Subjects to a limited kingdom lead limited lives. And all modern day kingdoms and governments are in fact that. They are limited, which is why they all push for the same exact thing. And for the first time in my lifetime, I'm not gonna speak for you, I'll speak for myself. For the first time in my lifetime, the veil has been pulled from that one thing that they all seek. They know that they're limited, so what do they try to do to us? They try to double down by controlling us. Church, this church will never, I don't even like using absolutes. But I'm going to use an absolute. After our last go-round, I don't care what comes next. This church will never shut down again. Amen. We made a mistake. We should have never shut down for the five to six weeks that we did the first time. 
This church will never shut down again. We will never forsake the assembly of the believers gathering together to worship the name of our Lord and Savior. I'm not going to let some limited government shut me down from bringing honor and glory, worshiping the one who is limitless, the one who can put the government upon his shoulder. I don't even know what's coming next. None of us do. But we know the control is. There's, there's this one thing that just keeps coming to my mind recently. And I just, I just can't, I can't get over this. I don't even know what this means, but I just want to share this fact with you. In the year 1900, the world census was 1.5 billion people that lived on this world, earth. In the year 2020, the census revealed that there's almost 8 billion people in 120 years, we go from 1.5 billion to 8 billion. What we think we've seen, we've seen nothing yet. Allow me to share Isaiah's own words from chapter 121. He is speaking of Jerusalem, specifically Israel. He says this, he says, how the faithful city has become a whore she who was full of justice, righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. He's saying the nation used to be all about righteousness, but now it's nothing but a bunch of murderers. Church, this is disobedience. Our man-made kingdoms of the world are all disobedient, which is why Jesus is coming back. Which is why we can't be narrow-sighted. We can't be short-sighted. We have to see the long game beyond this life. Jesus is coming back for his unlimited, everlasting throne that's upheld by justice and with righteousness. So, so Joe, as you join me, Brothers and sisters, the, the past 18 months, from a worldwide perspective, it's never been more abundantly clear, as we said. It's never been more abundantly cl uh, clear that we are desperate for a kingdom. It's, it's never been more abundantly clear that we are desperate for a government that is upheld with just that, justice and righteousness. We've all naively been patriotic to a fault at times. But there's still nothing wrong with being patriotic. I don't want you to hear me say that there's something wrong with that. But there is something wrong with putting our trust and our faith in the wrong man. There's only one. This kingdom slash government that he reigns upon will never limit you. Therefore, can you say the same about world kingdoms and governments now? So who's been ruling your kingdom slash government, your own personal little utopia that you have so far? A weak king or an empty throne? After all, both will bring us trouble. It's just that one does more than the other. And this brings us to our second 
and final point this, this morning. One day, Jesus will sit upon the throne of unlimited justice and righteousness. One day, Jesus will sit upon the throne of unlimited justice and righteousness. Again, our first point told us this morning this, only the shoulder of Jesus could carry us into eternity. Only the shoulder of Jesus could carry us into eternity. And finally, our main idea stated this. The day Jesus sits on his throne is the first day he rules forever. What is coming is better than what we've already seen. Our hope is in a future. Our hope isn't in now. Church, our job is to share this good news. That's it. Our job is to share Christ and Him crucified. Let's encourage each other in doing just that. Lord, so thankful for the encouragement that we can receive in the local church. My prayer is, is for us here at Villa's Grace to continue to encourage one another in the good news of Jesus. I pray that we are led by your spirit to share the bad news with others to lead them to the good news. That it is our faith in your work alone that brings about eternal salvation. It is our faith in your ability to do exactly what you said you're gonna do. Put all the troubles of the world, the government of the world upon your shoulder for you to rule in justice and righteousness. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.